0: You're listening to Animal Radio.
1: As I look down to your cute little doggy, Ladybug the Studio Stunt Dog, it's so easy for me to put my human feelings onto her. Look at that look. Uh Uh-huh. She's uh, she's giving me puppy eyes. She wants food. That's what I'm thinking. Huh? She
2: follows you around, doesn't she? You're the food guy here at the studio. You always got food and yeah. all the good stuff that she just sniffs all day long and follows that trail.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, even though she gives me slobbery kisses and unconditional love, the reasons that she may do it may not be as... <laughs> <laughs> I may be projecting human yeah. human things yeah. onto animals. We all tend to do that, and we need to do that, and there's reasons for it. And uh, Coming up in just a few minutes, Alexandra Horowitz will be joining us. She's written a best-selling book, doing yep. very well, called Inside of a Dog.
2: Let's find out what that little slobbery kiss really means. Kind of thinks- like couch time for your dog, isn't it? Yes, it is. She thinks we
1: uh, anthropomorphize too much. And I
2: I have to agree.
1: She, she's done the research. And uh, we, we'll we actually find out how it affects everything from marketing the toys that you buy for your animal. Because uh, actually a lot of those are made for us, not yes. for the animal.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And dog foods, too, the yeah. way that they're packaged and sold. Very true. So we'll tell you what, uh, what
1: your dog's thinking, or she'll tell you. She also says that dogs can actually smell time. And she is on the wow. way. Of course they can. I don't know how she'll tell us H1N1, the flu virus now affecting the animals. We're going to tell you how to keep your animals safe. We have an expert coming on from the AVMA, uh, Julie Levy, Doctor Julie Levy, in just a few minutes. And Bobby's working on a story about H1N1 as well as PETA. I guess PETA's in the news once again. And more email. Yes, we get your email, your voice at animalradio.com. You can email any one of us from the website. A lot of things going on at the website. If you want to ask Dr. Debbie a question without going through the ridicule of uh, being on air, <laughs> you can email. We're
3: not mean. No, no. no. Not at all. Uh, but yeah, it's we, not always convenient, we realize. Sure. So that's where email is wonderful. You, we talk about them off
2: the air.
1: You can, uh, You can actually, at your convenience, email Dr. Debbie your questions or leave your messages here on our voicemail, and we answer each and every call. Let's go to work. H1N1. A lot of concern right now whether or not our dogs and cats and fish and iguanas and birds, are they susceptible to this flu virus? Well, apparently cats are. Confirmed in Iowa that a cat has H1N1. Family didn't know it. They had it. They passed it on to him. Wow. And then they didn't even find out it was H1N1 until the cat was tested. Cat's okay. Cat's doing well, but... We have some ideas of how you can protect your whole family. We have Dr. Julie Levy joining us in a few minutes. She's a feline practitioner at the AVMA, member of the University of Florida, College of Veterinary Medicine. Studios on fire. Studios on fire. No, it isn't. I'm just joking. But she has some uh, just... (laughs) I killed me. She has some good tips how to protect your animals and... Protect you, to keep you
4: from getting that nasty flu virus, Vlade, the the world vi- Yes, the only virus I, I I afraid is HIV. The rest of them I, I can I can fight with.
5: Uh, <laughs> <why> <laughs> are you
2: afraid? Are yeah. you promiscu- promiscuous?
1: Now, what about your website? You might be concerned about some website viruses too. Uh,
4: to I, I got that point too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes yeah, yeah. My, my website is uh, gets down by some somebody's viruses, but you know, like I said, as long as uh, you know. No, no HIV around. I'm fine. I mean, everyone has a, such an phobia or something in his head. That's what I. That's ask.
1: your big, big. Uh, well, you know, you're 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 pretty popular with the ladies. I know that. Uh, a lot. Sometimes ladies just call to talk to you, just to hear your voice. They don't even have animals and uh, right. we have to connect you off the air with those particular people
4: strangely enough you were, in, you, were you were interested in me too before you were kind of sending me well contact. you know i'm european so you know i see, I see. it sounds dangerous <laughs> It's, it hurts even without hearing it, but let's go ahead.
1: If you want to talk to anyone of the Dream Team, that includes Vladi, the world famous Russian dog wizard, or Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions, Vinnie Penn, or animal communicator Joy Turner, Susan Sims, or Bobby. We're all here for you. 1 866 405
6: 8405. Hi, this is Iron Chef Kat Cora on Animal Radio. Please adopt a pet.
7: Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: All those guys, they're just wing-backs. The true professionals. Dr. Hey. Debbie answering your vet medical questions. Vladi the world-famous Russian dog wizard with your dog behavior issues. Vinny with the funny-funny. Animal communicator, Joy Turner. Susan Sims. Bobby working on news over there. And, uh... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to call you. Yeah, thank you. I'm insulted. uh,
8: Nice going, Hal.
2: Yeah.
1: These are the dream team. Any of these uh, folks can help you with your dog issues, cat issues, iguana issues, uh, fish issues, bird issues. Dr. Debbie's very well versed. H1N1 continues to be a concern not only for humans, but now for animals. A few weeks Uh back, an Iowa cat confirmed with the H1N1 virus. How serious is it? Well, we got Dr. Julie Levy on. She's a feline practitioner and AVMA member with the University of Florida College of Veterinary Medicine. Hi, Doc. How are you doing? Hi, very good. How are you? Good. So tell us, let's get down to business. How freaked out should I be about this H1N1 for my family of six cats, one dog, two goldfish, and. Because uh, he's
8: running up and down the hallways screaming like a little girl. A little concerned. Okay, well, let's
9: not worry about the fish too much. Okay. Um, when it comes to the dog, so far there's been no reported cases of human flu or H1N1 in the dog. Dogs do get their own flu virus, though. It's uh, canine influenza virus, and uh-huh. there's a, vac- a new vaccine for that. And then recently we had this news that you've mentioned of a the first cat diagnosed with H1N1. And what's interesting about this case is the family was sick first, And with flu-like symptoms, and then several days later, the cat became sick, Mm, and it's the cat, actually, that was diagnosed with H1N1, and it's assumed that the cat caught it from its family.
1: Oh, and how does it affect a cat? Is it more serious than it is for humans?
9: It did not appear to be more serious. It was some typical flu-like symptoms. So the cat had a fever, lethargy, and trouble breathing with some sneezing and coughing, which is exactly what we'd expect to see in ourselves with flu. Okay. So can the dog get it? We don't know if the dog can get it. The only domestic species so far, the companion animal species that have been diagnosed with H1N1, are the single cat and two pet ferrets. And all three of these animals came from different households, and they came from households where the people were sick first. So there's no evidence at this time that these animals can spread it to each other or from themselves back to people. So far, it's only been from people to the pets.
1: What is the treatment for an animal? Do they take, uh, uh, do they get a, uh, well, obviously there's no vaccination. Do they they get uh an antibiotic? Do they, does it run the course? They,
9: they should. Just like with people, it, it should run its course in most individuals. There are individuals, just like in humans, that have weak immune systems and are more susceptible to the more serious disease. But this was an older cat. I think it was 13 years old. And it's still recovered with the weekend. and it's almost completely recovered now. So very much like the family did. So just like in people, the treatment would be supportive care, lots of bed rest, staying hydrated and antibiotics if there's any evidence of pneumonia.
2: Once they get the swine flu, can they get it again?
9: Well, um, in people, we think the answer is no. But since this virus just emerged this spring, we don't know for sure. But typically with influenza viruses, once you've had that strain, you're immune to that strain, but not immune to other strains. So probably this cat would become immune to this particular strain of influenza.
1: Okay, someone's asking about birds. Got a phone call. Someone's asking about birds. Are birds uh, immune to this, or can they get H1N1? Um,
9: We don't know for sure. Um, We know that pigs have been infected and humans have been infected. But birds are sensitive to a number of other influenza strains. And so our recommendation for families and their pets is to use common sense. So just as we would suggest that if you're sick with flu-like symptoms, stay home, don't go to work, don't go to school where you might spread it, and keep your pets away from you for about a week. The good news is the virus is only shed for 7 to 10 days, and several of those days occur before you feel sick. Um. So even though you might cough a lot longer than that, sometimes for weeks, the virus isn't being shed anymore. The sad thing is, I think, is when you're sick in bed with the flu, one of the nice things is for your pets to come and sleep in bed with you Uh, and comfort you. And we're going to have to say that's no longer recommended. They need to be cared for by someone else in the household. So let me
1: reiterate what Dr. Julie Levy has just said. She said that if you are sick with the flu, the H1N1 virus, unfortunately, even though the most comforting thing may be to curl up with your kitty or your dog, you can't do it because they could get it. That's correct. Okay. Well, that's too bad because you, you think about how they're healers, and I know whenever I'm sick, I pull my animal right up next to me. And uh, I'm not going to get H1N1 this year. I'm just going to. Just
5: put that, get I'm, I'm just You'll not going to okay. get it this year. Yeah, there you go.
1: Okay, Dr. Julie Levy, thank you so much for joining us today.
9: Glad to be there. Thank you.
1: There's more information at the AVMA website, and uh, it's a long link. I'll go ahead and link to it from AnimalRadio.com. Keep your animals healthy. Stop. Sup girlfriend.
8: Hi, what are you doing? Oh not much. You
1: know who Cristo
8: is? The artist? Yes.
1: Okay. Yes. Guy that hangs like curtains across mountains and umbrellas across pretty much
8: stretches bed sheets and you know, paints them saffron and goes, Here, this is art.
1: Uh, he did I that mean, in Central cool.
8: Park. He put all those. And I'm, it was very beautiful, and I totally get it. But can I get in on some of that? Because uh, I'm an artist. <laughs> oh, Because Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that in a good way, Hal. He, uh, I think that everyone should support their local artists. Please continue.
1: Sure. He, uh, Cristo, is uh, he procreated? He has a son. Excuse me? Cyril, I believe is his name. (laughs) Cyril?
2: I believe that's the name. you
1: pronounce his name. Cyril Christo. And he's a great photographer. He's taken some pictures of elephants. Judy's (gasps) a big elephant fan.
8: I am too. Are you a big elephant fan? Elephants are very very cool creatures. They they communicate on these low level frequencies that we cannot even hear and their herd instinct and their civilization is I think beyond humans and we could learn a lot from elephants.
2: Well, he's trying to help because they are being slaughtered by the numbers. So he's Silly reasons, to save oh, yeah. save the elephants. Yes,
8: yeah. Stupid reasons. And, and my favorite are always herbal remedies. Knock it off.
1: Yeah. Well, here we, we have this big old book over here that Christos <laughs> Don't put together.
8: Drop
2: it. Oh, it's beautiful. With a lot no. of
1: photos in it. We're actually going to give away 10 copies before the end of the show today. But a uh, beautiful Christmas time uh-huh. book, holiday yes. book.
2: Great coffee table book.
1: He's on the show today.
8: And we're also going to have a, a story. The elephant is in the news. Oh, really? Elephant. Yes. Elephant in the news. Elephant in the news that was wandering on an Oklahoma highway and <laughs> Don't you hate met when up that with happens. an SUV. That uh, It's an interesting story. That can really slow it, down it,
1: traffic, too. Yeah.
8: Well, in so many different ways. Well, good. So we
1: tied it together.
8: It actually appears that
1: we uh, we all work together in, in unison, putting together the show. Theme. But we don't.
8: Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Quinky dink.
1: Did you get the uh, the story about the man that stuck his ferret down his pants, or stuck someone else's ferret down his pants?
8: That cracked me up when I saw it, and I especially liked your attached comment, which amounted to he he. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I saw this on the internet uh, about a man who stuck a ferret down his pants at a pet store. And they tell of- us
8: why he did that. <laughs> that, hell. I
1: think he was trying to steal it. Is that the, the deal? He was, I think. Yeah. And yeah. the audio from the 911 call appears at the website. I listened to it. <laughs> I, I thought maybe I'd play it today, but then it wasn't really that intriguing. It was just a regular old ferret down the pants 911 call. <laughs> oh, yeah.
8: You hear those all the time. <laughs> yes. Go to the website and listen to it, though, because it's funny. Yeah,
0: we do have that up at AnimalRadio.com yeah. if you want to look.
5: Yeah.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more.
10: Hi, this is Dean Coombs on Animal Radio. Please stay and new your pet.
11: Let's face it, life happens, from spills to pet stains. One-Shot Plus Multipurpose Cleaner attacks everyday stains, eliminating the need for other cleaning products. Pet stains, crayon marks, mildew, one shot and it's gone. Safe for the environment, your pets, and your family. Call 1-800-874-7070 and mention Animal Radio. That's 1-800-874-7070. Or go to oneshotplus.com to get yours now.
8: Hi, this
1: is Bill Maher. Every year, millions of animals wander away from home, and tragically, most are never reunited with their family. Now there's a way to help a stray animal find its way home. It's called Pets 911. Simply call 1-888-PETS-911 and do your part to help ensure a better future for our animal friends.
7: For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio.
2: Is your dog a Lucky Dog? My dog is. She eats Lucky Dog Cuisine. Home-cooked meals that come straight to my door. Give your dog the same natural ingredients you would if you had the time to cook for them every day. Feed your dog what Animal Radio feeds their Lucky Dog. Lucky Dog Cuisine. Great ingredients, no preservatives, straight from Lucky Dog's kitchen to your freezer. Visit LuckyDogCuisine.com for tail-wagging home-cooked meals made with love. LuckyDogCuisine.com. That's LuckyDogCuisine.com.
12: Does your pet become anxious when you leave the house? Do certain sounds like thunder or sirens cause your pet to feel uneasy? If your pet barks excessively or is an out of control chewer, you'll find a solution in Classic Cuts by Music My Pet. The principal performer for Disney's Baby Einstein has created classic cuts with special sounds to help calm, soothe, and relax your pet. A calm pet is a happy pet. To order your classic cuts, visit www.musicmypet.com or call 1-877-PET-CALM.
6: Hi, this is Park Overall. I am just thrilled about Animal Radio. Please, stay and neuter your animals. Please.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio.
1: Almost didn't make it back from the fire hydrant in time. <laughs> time for a pit
3: stop, huh? One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five 405
1: 8405 to talk to any one of the Dream Team here. Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions. Avlade with your doggy questions. Vinny with the Ha Ha. Animal communicator Joy Turner. Susan Sims. Bobby working on news. She has some H1N1 tips. How you can avoid H1N1.
3: You, pop- we can make our pets sicker than they can make us. you believe yeah. that? Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I always pull my pets together. You know, when I'm sick, I want them on my lap mm-hmm. to make me feel better. This may be one of those situations where you can't have your animal yeah. on your lap if you have that H1N1. Think
2: twice before you Very true. Out.
1: Details on the way. First, let's go to the phones. We have Jenny on the phones. Hi, Jenny. Hi. How are you? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. I hope you are. Splendid. Now that I have you on the phone, where are you today?
6: Well, right now I'm in South Georgia. South
1: Georgia. Okay. I have Dr. Debbie yeah. right here, and hopefully she can help you. Yes. Yeah.
6: Well, hi Good. there. Well, we are on our way to pick up a rescue uh, Boykin Spaniel. We are going oh, to really? adopt her. Yes. Kind of an unusual and, breed there. Well, my husband's had one before because he's from South Carolina.
3: Oh, well, that um, makes sense. <laughs> yeah,
6: well, does. for those
3: that don't know about a Boykin Spaniel, tell us a little bit about it. We know that they're like a hunting type dog, oh. kind of like a spaniel. <laughs>
6: They they were specifically bred for upland, uh, bird hunting, and also retrieving ducks in South Carolina. Oh, they ins- are if you take little-
1: them ac- across the border, though, they can't do that, right, if they get into North Carolina? <laughs> That's a nice little editorial comment, Hal.
6: <laughs> well, I sincerely hope so, because we live in North Carolina. Oh, okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, all Hal sure needs to can't. know...
6: They're a gorgeous chocolate brown, so that's
3: all he needs to know. Does yours have curly hair?
6: I don't know. I haven't seen her yet. I've just seen pictures.
1: Okay, so you're going to adopt her, and what's the deal?
6: Well, um, we contacted the Boykin Rescue uh, organization, and they have paired us up with this dog that met most of our specific needs. And she's five years old. Uh, She was not an abused puppy at all. Uh, But as I said, we've never met her. So I'm, I have never gone to pick up a rescue or adopt a rescue animal and just wondering how to interact with her to begin with. And then tomorrow we're going to be on a 11 to 12 hour trip back home in the car. Okay. So I, I'm looking for some guidance of how to handle this situation.
3: Okay, definitely. And, and this would be a situation where a lot we're going to learn when we meet the doggy and how her personality is and how um, gregarious she might be with new people. So I kind of let the dog set the pace, but um, some general guidelines would be to definitely take it slow with the introduction process. Um, if you're picking her up and pretty much traveling almost you know, within a couple hours, um, you don't get a lot of time to really get her used to you before we put her in the car and travel. But general guidelines would be just to give her a little time, use treat and reward systems um, for anything that we're doing, getting her into a crate, getting her into the vehicle, um, getting her um, acclimated to you or any other people that she's going to have contact with. Um, But it is going to be a little fast track since you're traveling and heading her back. Um, If we had the option to use something like a pheromone collar, I would like that. Um, And those are the hormone systems. sense that basically um it's a non-smelling um scent hormone that helps to calm dogs and this would be a great use for that it's not a medication it's something you can just put around the dog's neck and it releases kind of a calming hormone so that would be mm-hmm. a very nice thing. Um as far as traveling wise some will go back to this doggies what she's used to. If she is used to being crate trained oh, it'll be so much easier for you to get her home and to be less stressful because she'll have a comfortable space that'll be her den. She will be familiar with that situation, and those 10 to 11 hours may be a breeze. So that would be good. Do you know if this, uh, this pup is or this dog is um, kennel trained?
6: She is, and she is housebroken. She's uh, She just wants to be around people.
3: Good, good. So, yeah, I'd say that that all is going to be very favorable for your trip back. And just every couple hours, I make sure, you know, we stop for potty breaks. Um, definitely not, I'm not a fan of tranquilizers or sedating just for the sense of trying to make us feel better, that the pet's going to feel better. Um, a lot of it would be just really stopping along the way, uh, making sure we keep things as quiet and calm as we can, and uh, and really just kind of giving her that little bit of extra space she needs until she gets to know you guys
6: okay thanks so much i appreciate the information and uh, i enjoyed your radio program so far today it's the first time i've listened to it but i will be a, a, a frequent listener jenny we hear that
1: we hear that all the time that the first we've been around a decade we welcome you please send us pictures of your new adoption so we can see them here email them to us if you can okay
6: I certainly will. Not a problem.
1: We love to see the new additions to your families. 1 866 405 8405 to
0: talk to any one of the Dream Team right now. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more.
13: Dogs are cats, horse are emu, animals are people. An upscale German restaurant says your dog is welcome, but keep those crying kids at home. Peter Deglay, the owner of Boheme, says his customers work hard and don't come to his restaurant to hear children crying. He says they want peace and quiet and have complained to him on several occasions. Now people with children are complaining. Some people are protesting while others are applauding the new rule. Deglay, the father of two, doesn't understand what all the fuss is about. He says children are welcome at lunch, just not at dinner. When he says they should be home sleeping anyway. So for now, at Boehm, you and your dog can make a dinner reservation. Just keep the barking to a minimum, please. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio.
0: Animal Radio is brought to you by
11: One Shot Plus Multi-Purpose Cleaner Attacks Everyday Stains Pet Stains Crayon Marks Mildew One Shot And It's Gone Call 1-800-874-7070 Or Go to OneShotPlus.com To Get Yours Now
0: Hey This Is Big Ant From Rescue Inc Remember Spin New To Your Animal And Abuses Are Losers Now Back To Animal Radio
1: The whole crew is here. It's your beck and call. one 405 8405 Toll free all week long, by the way. You can call those numbers or email us at yourvoiceatanimalradio.com. Got some interesting email. You'll love this email coming up in just a few minutes here, Bobby. Why are the lights so dim in your booth? You're like in Mood a different lighting. world over Mooder there. Lighting. Are you even listening Got to the radio show on the, on the headphones?
8: To you guys or What? <laughs> Hey. Trucking out to the stones. What's with you? Dr. Debbie
1: is on the way answering your vet medical questions. Bloody the world famous Russian dog wizard. Uh, Vinny Penn with the haha, bringing his kids in today. I guess they like coming in every week, they eat all the donuts.
2: You notice that? I'm better them than us.
1: Bringing them, yeah, better them than us, definitely. Animal communicator Joy Joy Turner. Hi, Joy. How are you?
10: I'm wonderful, Hal.
1: What are you doing these days?
10: Oh, what am I doing? Well, one of the main things I'm doing is starting to write my animal communication book. I've had so many people over the years say, "Why don't you write a book?" Or, "Do you have a book out?"
1: Oh, you mean to teach people to communicate with their animals so that they don't need to call you? Kind of putting you out of business. Well, I smell. Know. I'm just trying to figure it out. So it'll teach uh, uh-huh. even morons like me how to communicate with our animals.
10: Exactly. And it tells people <laughs> about all kinds of things. And I'll have stories in there from different animals to illustrate. Because a lot of people will say, well, you know, what do I talk to them about? What food they like or what toy they like? And they are so much more in-depth. Than just those simple little things.
1: Conversation can be very awkward with your pet if it's brand new. You start talking, what about weather and uh, <laughs> <laughs>
10: those awkward side.
5: Yes. Did you
1: see the frisbee in the lawn or that yeah. big dog cross the street? Yeah. yeah. Okay, very good. If you want to talk to Joy Joy Turner right now, one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five, or Doctor Debbie or Vlade Bobby. You're working on news over there. H one n one, of course, big in the news. You have some tips for us.
8: We do have some tips, especially when you are around your pets. If you have symptoms, you've got to be careful because you can transmit the disease to your little four-legged friend. Okay. So stay tuned. We have details for you coming up in the news. Yeah, you don't want to
1: do that. Their body is so small. and I know their really? their immune system can't be very strong. You don't want them getting this nasty flu. Uh, of course, they have no flu shots for them. Do they? They don't even allow. Do they allow I don't know. Us to get flu shots? Are we between that age that yeah, we can't even get flu in, shots? Yeah,
8: but we're not considered high risk. We're media. They don't really care.
1: Well, and Plus, I'm a guy. Do they even give guys the nah, uh, flu shots? Only women and children, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah.
7: Good day, Animal Radio lovers. Good day, Animal Radio listeners. It's Vinnie Pan, your resident party animal, coming at you with the party animal segment. Uh, The next two segments, let's get a little subtitle going. Let's get a little art house. It's going to be called The Cruiser Chronicles, because the next two party animal installments will be about my beloved dog, Cruiser. For longtime listeners of the segment of Animal Radio in general, you know that Cruiser, the mini schnauzer that ran the pen home for over 10 years. Uh, the reason we are doing the cruiser chronicles is I was reminded of him twice recently. And both stories are certainly worthy of your attention. Uh, one, uh, came up recently due to Halloween, took the kids out, uh, trick or treating. Of course, And really, this isn't me trying to be funny. I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old, and they come back with such loot that I really feel like I'm doing them a favor when I eat all of it over the next couple of days while they're uh, at school and daycare. They think I'm being funny when I do it, but really, I don't want them to have that much candy uh, so young. They're not uh, that well-versed at brushing their teeth anyway uh, but they would come back my three-year-old in particular i think wouldn't notice that so much of his loot was gone and i i came clean and told them what had happened and it reminded me of a time when i had gone trick-or-treating and i came home and my entire bag of halloween candy a lot of loot and some of the crazy stuff not just the chocolate but Skittles and Starburst <laughs> every piece of candy in there, sweet tarts, right bubblegum. Cruiser, a dog who I don't think ever surpassed the 10-pound mark, had eaten, wrappers r- included. He had devoured the entire bag. Now, I proceeded to tell people I was dumbfounded by the fact that this, this tiny little animal could eat all that, and he was just hanging around the house. He laid there that night. He was, he was certainly stuffed. And people were saying to me, oh, dogs can't eat chocolate. Uh, chocolate will kill dogs. And to this day, I will tell you, and for any of you listening, uh, no, it won't. Uh, no, no, it won't. It didn't kill a 10-pound mini schnauzer. <laughs> mini pet, Party animal. Animal Radio. This is Animal Radio.
11: This is an Animal Radio news update. Brought to you by World's Best Cat Litter. The only litter made from whole kernel corn.
8: I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. It's not unusual for feral cats to be euthanized, but 54 lucky cats relocated off San Nicolas Island are settling into their new enclosure built with the help of a website. DoGreatGood.com gave over $100,000 in donations to build a a cat house, really. It's up at the Fund for Animals Wildlife Center in Ramona, California. In an unusually cooperative step, the Navy, Humane Society of the United States, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and the California Department of Fish and Game decided to trap and remove the cats. Feral cats on San Nicolas Island prey on nesting seabirds. The Navy, which owns two Channel Islands, began trapping the cats in June, and they will keep doing it until February. The center in Ramona, California, says most of the cats are just too wild to be adopted. However, 18 kittens have been born since they arrived, and they may be up for adoption. Showing once again our tendency towards fair and balanced news, we bring you this story out of Florida. The University of Florida Student Republican Group gave its opposing viewpoint to PETA by holding a barbecue. The first ever people-eating-tasty-animals barbecue, I told you that's what it stood for, Hal, was thrown to point out the other PETAs, quote, radical environmental extremism, end quote. One supporter and barbecue enthusiast told the Gainesville Sun, quote, I am a big supporter of eating animals. I think PETA is just ridiculous. It's liberal propaganda, end quote. PETA has not yet returned our call for comment. Ain't technology great? And now it's catching up with the age-old invention that started as just a hole sawed in the bottom of the back door. A company has improved upon the doggy door by bringing it into the 21st century, technologically speaking. Mm-hmm. The company has matched RFID chips. Hal, what does RFID stand for? Uh, radio frequency identification. Uh, there you go. Wow. they yeah, really. chips. Aww. Got you, huh? Hey! <laughs> <They're so> i <impressed. laughs> One attached to the door, the other... To the dog's collar, the theory being the door will only open when it detects the compatible chip on your dog. Companies called the Plexador Pet Door. We'll keep you posted. I think they should send us a couple to try. Don't you, Hal? This has been an Animal Radio News update brought to you by World's Best Cat Litter with a tip (laughs) for traveling
11: with your cat. Be sure your cat's identification is firmly attached. Make sure vaccinations are up to date and medications are packed. Don't forget to bring your cat's medical records, particularly if you're crossing state lines. Get more tips from Dr. McPete at www.worldsbestcatlitter.com slash radio.
7: This is
8: Animal Radio.
10: Hi, this is Anne-Marie Lucas from Animal Precinct and the ASPCA. And when I'm not out busting bad guys for abusing animals, I am home listening to Animal Radio. It's toll-free.
1: 1-866-405-8405 to connect with any one of the Dream Team. Bobby working on news if you want to connect with her. She's available also via the website and Twitter because she is... The Animal Radio social networking butterfly, uh, Susan Sims with Fido-friendly travel talk. Animal communicator Joy Turner bridging that gap. Uh, Vinnie Penn with his ha 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 ha, and Vladi, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, with his thing. You know, he's kind of—he's pretty sharp with the dogs. Doctor Debbie, of course. How are you doing today? Yes. <laughs> We, uh, in just a few minutes, we have coming on Alexandria Horowitz, and she wrote a great new book. It's a bestseller called Inside of a Dog. We'll have giveaways for you. And uh, it tells us that basically we pretty much read too much into our animals. We we tend to anthropomorphize too much. Like, for instance, when Ladybug gives me that big slobbery kiss, it may not be a kiss <laughs> that she's giving
2: oh, me. Oh, no.
1: And uh, Alexandria will demystify that in a few minutes. Also, Bobby working on the news about a Covenant Presbyterian church that now welcomes dogs. They've actually put uh, dog beds in the back and they're they're canine prayers, the whole thing. I'd go to church for that. It's about time. Debbie, you're on with Dr.
3: Debbie. (laughs) Hi there.
9: Hi, how are you?
3: Very good. What's going on with you today? Well,
9: I'm just traveling in beautiful weather, so that's a nice day today. I have a question about dog food for you. It seems like
6: uh, dog food is getting to be more like people food than dog food. Uh, when you look at animals out in the wild, it seems like they eat just raw meat and
9: stuff that we're putting grain and all kinds of antioxidants and stuff in the dog food. Is that really good for the dogs, or is it just to make us feel good?
3: <laughs> well, you know, you, you raise a very good point in that dog food is way more complicated than it ever used to be. And some of it is because we know a lot more about what is important nutrition-wise. And then the other side of things is that dog food manufacturers know what we like to buy. And some of those things are completely unrelated to what's actually good nutritionally. So um, as far as you mentioned, as far as pet food and in dog food in general, if we're talking about, you know, meat um, and that they're a carnivore, you know, dogs that if they eat an only meat diet it is actually not the best diet so when dogs are in the wild they eat meat but they also eat a lot of other stuff too so there definitely needs to be something else in the food besides just plain old meat and that's where some of the carbohydrates come into play as far as some of the other things you know are there particular like additives or things you were concerned about or just some of the things you're hearing nowadays
5: well,
9: just some of the things you're hearing, you know, you, it makes you wonder, you know, is it worth the money to buy this brand over that brand, or is it just, uh, you know, advertising trying to
3: get you to spend more? Well, I would definitely uh, caution people on getting, falling in love with some of the different claims with dog foods. And and if anyone listens to us on this radio station, I'm, I'm definitely one where um, I won't necessarily product bash, but I, I'll tell you some basic things that I try to avoid. And I don't like some of the marketing where we gear it towards, um, you know, some of the special claims of, you know, certain types of apples added, you know, whole grain uh, foods grown in this area, of the high mountain slopes of such and such. That to me doesn't mean hooey. <laughs> what I want to find is a good, quality protein. And if we have things like um, meat meals, I'm all for that. That is not a bad thing. And then when we look at some of the things that we can add in, antioxidants, um, some preservatives are necessary. So those things are good. Um, There's some kind of clicky in trends now where we can see um, glucosamine being added to the food um, or other types of additives. And you know what? They probably don't hurt, but I don't know if it's going to be worth paying that extra dollar for something that in a dog food, we don't know exactly how much they're getting. So, If your pet needs something like glucosamine, I'd rather you supplement it with a known product instead of just falling for a food that says it's a little bit better because it has that.
9: Is there a food uh, on the market, just, you know, regular, like you can go into Walmart and buy that's going to have... No, no, I can answer that.
1: I can answer that right now. You know, all you had to say was Walmart. That's all you had to say. There is no food in Walmart. That's not a bash on Walmart. I think that you'll agree with me, doctor. There's nothing that you can buy in Walmart.
3: I I, I don't really hit the dog food shelves, so I can't say what's in there. But what I can say is that you do get what you pay for. So some degree of being price conscious is important, but also protein quality and dog food quality does translate to what we're overall looking at the cost of the food so yeah i'm kind of with Hal. i I would probably stay towards something you can purchase at a pet store um at your veterinary office uh things like that versus just at a kind of a big store that doesn't really have a pet's nutrition in mind i never really like to say what food is bad because you can feed sometimes and i'm gonna Cover your ears, Hal. Sometimes you can feed a food that doesn't have a high price tag, that may be a name that isn't quite as popular, and a pet can do very well on it. So that is the truth. Now, I don't want anyone to say that, you know, any of these dogs on squirrel and beet pulp diets are, are doing really well. And Dr. Debbie says that's okay. But there are some foods that pets can do very well on that may not break the bank. So I'm probably not going to tell you what food you need because every pet's a little different. And if we have health, conditions or other things, uh, there's more to that equation. So if
9: you're saying a high-quality protein, how do you know by reading the label as high-quality?
3: Ah, very good question. And, and some basic guidelines when we we're talking about protein is we would want to either see the name of the meat itself. Uh, do we see beef? The name beef, the name chicken. Um, or do we see the name, say, chicken meal? And chicken meal is actually a good quality um, protein. It's meat and it's with the skins, but there's no bones involved. So that's actually a good source of protein. What
1: about byproducts? Uh, are they good?
3: Byproducts or? are down lower on the caliber of quality. Okay, so meal so good, you may...
1: byproducts not good.
3: Yeah, and, and a lot of foods have them, um, so it's not that you should avoid them by all costs. But we want to make sure we preferably have a, a protein source that's a little better rated higher up. And, uh, that just kind of depends also on your pet, what they like. You know, people used to say lamb and rice is the only way to go. And, you know, some pets really do better on a different, uh, protein variety. So, uh,
2: it'll depend a lot on your pet. So the, it's the order of the ingredients, right, Doc? Well, generally,
3: yeah. When we look at the pet food label at the top of the list of the ingredients, that's the highest, uh, quantity or the highest uh, proportion. And then going down the list, it gets down to the lesser quality or the lesser amounts.
1: Seems like a lot of these foods have grains at the top of the list. Are those uh, as well as, I mean, and then you see these foods that have meats, uh, proteins at the top of the list. Obviously, you'd be reaching for those.
3: Well, it kind of depends. And when we compare foods, it's all confusing because there's what they call percentage of dry matter Uh and there's percentage as fed. So this all gets confusing when we think of it in different categories, if we're talking moisture or in the dry product. But some general things and how you said something about grains. Grains are not necessarily bad to the average pet. There are animals that have grain sensitivities, and we might avoid certain grains. But in general, um, there's no necessary reason to avoid a food that has corn in it or uh, wheat or um, you know other types of grains like rice.
1: Debbie, does that help you, or does that uh, open up the range a little more and confuse you more?
9: <laughs> it is. Well, it can be a little confusing, but I guess you know, my dog, Kelsey, he's just getting too fat. And, you know, so I want to get him something that might, you know, mimic, you know, what he would normally have if he were out in the wild rather than all the designer stuff that seems to be in the dog food. And I don't want to look at my pet as a human because he's not. You know, I want to feed him what's good for him, not what I would like to eat at my kitchen table. You know what I
1: mean? I'm actually going to refer you to a website or to a page on our website where I believe there's a little more information about selecting a food. And uh, okay. there we can also talk about some brand names, which we can't really talk about right now on the air. Debbie, hold on for one second, okay? One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five 405 8405 to talk to any one of the Dream Team, including Dr. Debbie, Vlade, Vinny, Joy, Susan, or Bobby.
11: When it comes to controlling cat box odor, there's no such thing as good enough. Buy the best or smell the rest. In other words, get World's Best Cat Litter with patented formulas made from whole kernel corn. World's Best Cat Litter is 100% natural and scientifically proven to deliver unsurpassed odor control, compact clumping, and longer-lasting use. See what a difference just one bag makes. And for a limited time, save big when you buy. To download a coupon, go to worldsbestcatlitter.com slash radio.
1: Listen closely. Did you hear that? That's the sound of peace of mind. Peace of mind that comes in convenient, pre-measured packets of Safeguard Canine Dewormer. Just sprinkle the granules on your dog's food twice a year to protect him against the major types of canine intestinal worms. Monthly heartworm prevention programs alone are not enough. Find out how to get the upper hand on intestinal worm infections by visiting www.safeguardfordogs.com.
4: It's so easy to get into debt, and it can be so hard to get yourself out. I'm Ted Brouwer, founder of Debt Settlement USA. Today many people find that they have credit card balances that are out of control. And when they realize they're in serious debt, they don't know what to do. If this sounds like you, talk to us before your situation gets worse. If you have over $12,000 in credit card bills, call Debt Settlement USA for a free consultation. We have a proven program that can cut the amount you owe and get you out of debt faster than you think. Every day we help people with too much credit card debt. Find out what we can do for you. Call Debt Settlement USA for a free consultation. Your call is confidential and there's no obligation.
1: Call Debt Settlement USA at 1-888-551-7788. If you're having trouble with credit card debt, call right now. Call 1-888-551-7788. That's 888 551 7788
5: Oh, what did
6: he say? He said we're all across the USA the most
8: listened to pet show today. Animal radio we're everywhere
12: you go. Animal radio. Animal radio.
1: She is stirring. Tell her to go back to sleep. <laughs> 1 866 405 8405 to talk to any one of the dream team here at Animal Radio. Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions. A with your dog behavior questions. The funny coming to you from Vinnie Penn, animal communicator Joy Turner, Susan Sims, and Bobby working on news as well as twittering you. She's our little social networking butterfly. We appreciate that. You understand that face tube stuff. Uh, That's good. Hell, <laughs> it's all new to me. When I was a kid, uh, way back when, there was an artist still around, Cristo, who uh, hung a sheet across majestic mountains of Colorado where I used to where I grew up, uh-huh. and uh, probably the first of his kind to do any kind of installation like that. See
2: in California where I live, he did the umbrellas on the hill, oh, yeah. the yellow umbrellas.
1: Christo has a son who's carried on the artistic. I, first of all, this book that I, we just got
8: here is heavy. It's, uh, Hal loves big books, people. It's a huge book. And if you're
1: into elephants like I am into elephants and Judy's into elephants, I she, have she collects statues.
2: Pile. Yes, I've got hundreds of them.
1: Bobby, you sort of have an elephant thing going on. They're so smart. And we see that they yes, grieve they and they have real strong feelings. And uh, Christo's son, Cyril, has taken some photographs, put them together in this book. And we, we have them on the phone. Hi. Cyril, how are you doing?
0: And my wife. We work as a team. Everything we do is together.
1: Uh, Marie is your wife? Hello. Okay. Marie Wilkinson joining us also. So you both took photos for this book called Walking Thunder in the Footsteps of the African Elephant, right? Correct. What was the purpose of it? Uh, Because I know it was more than just a a book with some great photos. There's a message that you're trying to
0: impart. It's it's, it's probably the biggest message of our time. Marie?
12: Well, we've been looking at
9: people first In, in our previous book, Lost Africa the eyes of origin and we and we found that it was really important to understand ecosystems and what makes ecosystems healthy and whole we know human beings change them very quickly by tearing down trees and farming and mining and other things like that and uh the elephants which you can't help but just be awed by whether you're watching them on the screen or looking at drawings or actually seeing them in in person they're just inspiring
0: there, there are many stories uh, about elephants uh, saving people, whether it's the Indian elephant uh, helping many people be safe from the tsunami or elephants trying to block them. Directly to us, communicating, facing down villages. Others are ramp- rampaging and bulldozing through the center of Asia, through Sri Lanka in Nepal, through Burma, and in China, um, because they're losing their habitat, or they're being culled, or they're being reduced to very small populations because of the ivory trade. The, the prediction now, if things aren't alerted at the highest level, this is this is what the actual urgency is. There will be no wild elephants, in the numbers that there are now, which is 400,000 or a little bit more, down from a million, over a million in the early 80s, within 15 years. We will lose one of the central pillars of
1: existence. The book, which I'm holding right now in front of me, is a striking book. You really connect with the elephants. You see the emotions that everyone talks about. The photos are spectacular, and I'd like to give away 10 copies of this book. If you don't win one here today, go out and pick one up for a friend who loves an elephant because a portion of the proceeds from the sales of this book will be donated to the Tusk Trust and the David Sheldrick Wildlife Trust. Cyril and Marie, thank you from the bottom of my heart for bringing this issue to a front with your beautiful
0: book.
6: Thank you.
1: We have more Animal Radio
0: on the way. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guests at AnimalRadio.com Log on. Learn more.
7: This is Greg Biffle on Animal Radio, and remember to spay and neuter your pets.
1: If you haven't had a chance to check out the story about the man that stuck the ferret down his pants, head on over to the website at animalradio.com. There's actual audio that's in the 911 call.
2: What are people thinking?
1: It's a very strange story out of Jacksonville, Florida. Of course, Jacksonville. We love you in Jacksonville. You guys are, uh, you love their animals. They do that. Coming up in just a few minutes, Alexandria Horowitz. She wrote the book Inside of a Dog. It's a bestseller. Interesting stuff. You know, we, we tend to put a lot of our feelings onto our animals. We think they're human sometimes, you know. They give me that big slobbery kiss. I think they're giving me affection. That may not necessarily be the, what they're doing. We, we tend to mistake that a lot. She's coming up in a few minutes. She has a brand new book. We have giveaways. This Healthy Helping of Animal Radio brought to you by Blue, makers of healthy and holistic natural food for dogs and cats. You love them like family, so feed them like family with Blue. Well, let's head to the phones. If you want to talk to Dr. Debbie, to Vladdy, to Vinny, to Joy, to Susan, to Bobby, to Brit, <laughs> to Ladybug, Judy, we're all here for you. I believe, which one are we going to, four? Yes. Hi, Gene. How are you?
14: Hi, I'm just fine.
1: I have Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, here for you. Hi,
4: Jean. Okay. How are you?
14: I'm doing good, but I'm really puzzled about my little dog. I've got a schnauzer, okay. and she's 20 months old today. And she, I've had her since she was eight weeks old, and, I mean, just treated her royally. But when someone addresses her and, you know, wants to befriend her, she gets right down on her tummy and crawls to him like, like she's been beaten or something. And I didn't okay. know
4: why is that? Why won't you stand up and, you know, sure. greet the people? surgini before I will unpuzzle your puzzle, and this is uh, basically a very uh, easy explanation for your dog's behavior, What 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 is your dog's name? Maggie. What? Megan, Maggie, and how do you call her when you love her? Maggie? Maggie,
14: uh-huh.
4: Maggie. Okay. Uh <laughs> good girl. Good girl. Hell. <laughs> okay. Uh you know what? I'm dealing right now with the same situation, even in much severe um extension. I was called to uh take one dog to my boot camp or I call Vladis training camp. And it was a golden doodle. Um Uh, 75 years old lady, very nice person. Uh, All her life she had a very strong dog, like German shoppers. And she just decided to get this time golden doodle, which I love. It's a wonderful pet when they are well-bred. Most of them well-bred when they deliver from Australia. So (laughs) when I came in... I was chasing with the owner that dog for uh, probably 30-40 minutes. While we were chasing that dog, the owner told me, Vladi, for the last two months, I never even had chance to, to touch that dog. That dog is like a that dog is just afraid from everything any noise runs somewhere and I can't even touch it he just pee and poop in my house in one of my room I just you know I, I, the only time I can communicate when I give him treats or uh, put the bowl of the food on the floor and uh, even when I do that if I approach he runs away disaster I'm right now rehabilitating that dog but let me tell you why you have this problem and everyone who is listening to me right now now, and everyone in this country who believes that everyone is created equally, listen up. We had no intentions, and uh, I mean, uh, our creator had no intentions to create anyone equally. We are all created differently, and dogs created differently as the humans. This is the genetic makeup which is the problem, not your dog's problem, it's a human's problem, but someone someone who did the sloppy job, job and sometimes, you know, even among, I shouldn't say that, because even among uh, good breeders, we see the things like that, which some of the puppies is just, doesn't, doesn't come, doesn't turn that way, so, in other words, make the long story uh, short, and what you can do, Jeannie, hey, this is genetic factor, which is having to do the amount of stress, you. The dog can take, how he's sensitive to, to the touch, to the noises, to raising the hand. A lot of times when I see the dogs like that, people always think, oh, that dog was abused. Come on, people. The dog afraid vacuum cleaner. It doesn't mean he was abused by the vacuum cleaner and such a things. So anyway, despite, I know you love him and you should have, but how you can help your dog? Not by kissing and hugging and continue to, to treat the dog Killingly, royally, whatever you said. You need to treat this dog with authority. You need to set up the rules, structures, as the foundation for his confidence. Because if you're a confident leader, your dog will be a confident follower. Your dog would never be able to be the leader in any in any society in, the, in your family, in its own pack, so the best thing what you should do you should invest some time in the training enroll your dog in the, some type of the classes, nice classes where the trainers will build confidence in your dog and never suck into this his behavior when he just like uh, jumps on the back on the, on the back and, and and you oh, you know scratch his stomach don 't do so, never give him attention when he does like that. Make sure teach him how to greet the people. Which is sit stay. And if he jumps in the in the down position and flips, ah ah ah, say, put him back in the sit stay and say to the person, please ignore him for a while, and after a while maybe don't give eye contact and just give my dog some treats, but always encourage his confidence and never feel sorry for his insecurity. That is gonna be Genie the starting point of my foundation of the Vladi rules. If you would like to me help you more, please send me email at Vladi at animal radio. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. 1
1: 405 8405 to talk to anyone of the Dream Team right now. News Director Bobby Hill, what are you working on in the Animal Radio News Center?
8: Uh, we're actually going <laughs> to take a look at how the doggy door is entering the 21st century. Oh, I have one. Our cats use it, the bird uses yes, it, everyone door. uses it. No. And, and everyone else in it, I mean, what is your security code on your doggy door, Hal? Anyone could get in. Well, you know, Anyone. everyone uses it
2: except for the dog. Yeah. <laughs> okay, can I point out the flaw
8: in this? But yeah. No, never mind. Raccoons, <laughs> snakes, skunks. Uh, skunks. Yeah.
2: We've, all kinds of possums. Teeny tiny burglars. Ah. Yeah.
1: Okay, glad you're looking at that. That's coming up in the news okay, in just a few minutes. I am.
2: Uh,
5: Is
0: Animal Radio Network. This is Animal
7: Radio, baby. One eight six six
1: four zero five. 8405. The Dream Team here at your beck and call toll-free. We're here all week. Got the machine going uh, during the week if you want to leave your messages. If you don't want to come on air now or perhaps you want to email us, yourvoice at animalradio.com. Of course, uh, the Animal Radio website, a plethora, a plethora of information. You can contact each one of us from the website as well as I get a lot of great discounts this week on uh, one shot and World's Best Cat Litter. Which one? What well, line three? Line three. Hi Francis, how are you doing?
15: Good, how are you doing?
1: Good. You're on with Doctor Debbie. Hello,
15: uh-huh. Doctor Debbie. Hi. Hey, I got a great eighty four pound labradoodle and he's made the ride from Colorado to Texas before, but always in the back of an SUV, a cramped mm-hmm. SUV, and you know, we stop and and let him and the kids go to the bathroom. But this time we are planning a trip in the dead of winter at Christmas from Texas to Colorado, and he can't always drive in the cab of the truck we're taking. It's going to be my husband and three kids, and I'm flying. And so he, he's kind of kind of him around, let him in the cab sometime, and, and let him ride in the back. And I'm wondering, should we put a little kennel back there. I mean, he's big, a big kennel. Or just his blanket over in the corner. He's a real smart dog. He's not going to do any stu- anything stupid. Oh, like Yelza, out, no, but... I'm going
3: to stop you right now. <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. He, no. he goes, no.
15: oh, you're, she's going to give you hell. I'm like, oh, oh, you're... <laughs> you
3: no, I, I would never say I would chew out a collar, but I'm going to definitely stop you there because in my mind, there is no reason to ever, ever, ever have a dog unrestrained in the back of a pickup truck. Now, occasionally, we will have pets that come into the veterinary office, and they're in a kennel in the back of the pickup. Uh, if it's a short trip and the cage in the kennel is secured from sliding in the back of the truck, that's right. fine. Short distances. Now, you're talking about a whole different kind of breed of oh, animal yeah.
15: it's here. A, it's a two-day trip.
3: Yeah. So. so, and and I would definitely not assume a dog is smart enough Now, no offense to your dog, but they are not smart enough to handle the maneuvering in a truck for that distance, that is just putting them at risk. I've seen dogs fall out of cars and uh, the back of trucks at, um, drive-thrus at McDonald's and break a leg or hit their head. So yeah. I really would not, not, not recommend that at all. And okay. even if you were to put them in a kennel and to use the back of the truck, you're still putting a lot of risks there. Um, the risks of temperature regulation, you know, hypothermia. Yeah. Um, it's a noisy area. It's scary. We also run into concerns with carbon monoxide poisoning. So, ew, no, well, I, I, I would say this is not
15: convince to take an SUV this time instead of his truck.
3: Oh, yes, by far. If we can put this pet safely in the back of an SUV, I would much rather see that. Um, If we had to have a pet travel inside a vehicle and they're a little bit squirrely or they jump around, then I would either use a a crate to confine or one of those little pet harnesses where you can attach that to a seatbelt so you don't have um, your labradoodle.
15: He'll lay there. That's no big deal. It's just that it's going to be crowded on the trip up there on the way back. Two of the kids are flying back, so then it will be no problem. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he told me he's like, "Oh, don't even, don't even call her; she's gonna yell at you." Well, so
1: you already knew the answer. You got you got, you got to that dog inside for that long, just for its safety. <laughs> so you knew the answer.
15: Okay, all right. Well, I'll definitely. see. I'll see what we can do about the SUV. Maybe we can get that because uh, we need something in Colorado with some good four wheel oh, yeah. drive and definitely and, uh, in the winter you'll need that. <laughs> running everybody around, so I'll I'll see what happens. Okay. So that would be that. Yeah, and it's a diesel truck. It's kind of loud, so that probably wouldn't be. Very good on those little ears either, I'm guessing. No, definitely not.
5: I don't
3: think that would be much fun if I were a dog, so. You know.
15: Okay. Plus, it's I, not safe. <laughs> <Sorry> <laughs> okay, that. I'll rethink this. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I feel like no, a bad we, mom. Oh my no, god. No, we're glad you called, because I'm
3: sure. I'm sure other listeners have probably thought, yeah, that seems fine. That seems okay. So I'm glad you raised that uh, that question. Th- thank you okay. for calling. Thanks for your call. Hi,
15: right,
1: Thank you. 1-866-405-8405. There's no stupid question here,
0: by the way. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. You're listening to Animal Radio.
1: Welcome, my friend. It's Animal Radio. 1-866-405-8405 to talk to any one of the Dream Team, H1N1.
2: Wow, who that's in the news
1: with our animals. Who thought? Who would have thought? But uh, apparently, apparently, they could get it, and uh, you could transfer. If you get the flu, if you get H1N1, you could actually give it to your cat or your dog or your bird, or, or your ferret, or your ferret. Yeah, a couple of ferrets. I understand. Mm-hmm. Speaking of ferret, man stuck a ferret down his pants this week. Tried to rip it off from a <laughs> a store and. <laughs> A very strange uh, oh, story out of uh, Jacksonville, Florida. And I
11: hope
3: he got a, a bite out of that. <laughs> yeah, You'll literally. love the,
1: the audio from the 911 call is at the website at animalradio.com as well as the story. And you want to check that out. Also at the website, speaking of H1N1, keeping the place clean, there's a coupon for $10 off one shot plus.
2: It does everything.
1: Yeah, you use it on every surface and it's oh, yeah. very effective for cleaning up the H1N1 virus. And if you'd like to get $10 off just being an Animal Radio listener, head on over to animalradio.com and click the link on the front page. Also with a coupon for $3 off world's best cat litter.
2: Another a product that I Great just product love. Yes. That you
1: use here. Let's uh, go to which one? I'm sorry, they're all Line ringing two. this morning. Line 2. That would be Vicky? Hi
16: Vicky. Hi. How are you? Just fine. How are y'all doing?
1: Very good. How can we help you today?
16: Yes, I wanted, hi Dr. Debbie. Hi. I wanted, I know you have heard this question a million times, but I have two cockers. One is two and one is three. And we do drive a truck for a living. And what is the best dog food to give them? Right now I'm giving them rabbit and potato.
3: Okay. Um, Are they happy? Do they have any kind of health problems, skin disorders, anything like that? Well,
16: they do want to do a little gnawing on their feet, but I tried to, uh, I thought maybe that might have been the chicken and some dog food I was giving them. Okay.
9: Uh, you know how conkers are.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's so. why I wondered when I heard you said rabbit. Um, that's a little bit rabbit more of an alternative potato. protein. Very good. Oh, I just said that rabbit is a bit of an alternative protein for, a lot of times we use, um, you know, we get away from some of the more common proteins if we have a pet. We're suspicious, suspicious of a food allergy, so rabbit kind of fits that bill, fish-based uh. diets, things like that. Now, you know, I, I'm going to say, Vicky, I always have a problem in comparing and putting up um, neck and neck, one food or the other, and say, which one's better for my pet? Because it is so hard to say, and there's no real controlled way that I can can really answer that, nor could a, a nutritionist answer that. We can say some good traits that we would look for or what might work for your pet um... so that's kind of a hard thing and i'm going to kind of hedge on the fence a little bit here Um but i would say that you're in a little bit uh... different situation because you travel a lot so um what are some characteristics of food that you that you find important with your lifestyle is a dry Uh, food
16: easier for you uh, God, i don't know Uh, i would
3: imagine if you if you traveled a lot sometimes finding a dry food might be easier to store and to uh, serve for your pet traveling. Well, um, the right, other I thing thought. is I would say you want to have something that you're going to be able, if you cover a lot of uh, road uh, going from state to state, you're going to want to have a food that's going to be accessible and easily found at a lot of different pet stores and a lot of different areas. So um, there may be some really good boutique foods out there, organic foods, but if you can't find it in another state, it does little good, in that you want to keep that diet consistent. Right,
16: yes, yes, yes. Okay, well, i just... I didn't know, I just want to give them the best that I can give them, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely.
3: And, you know, some, some other guidelines, uh, you know, I know Hal in previous times we put some, some tips on the website um, about how to pick out foods. Um, some basic things I like to do and it, it, it helps a little. Um, we look to see if the, the food has been, uh, approved by the AAFCO, which is a food control organization. Doesn't mean everything, but if the food's gone through a feeding trial, that helps give me a little bit of benefit that I feel better about it. And that basically means that they, fed it to dogs, made sure they don't get sick, or no serious uh, nutritional problems develop. So that's important. And then I will always like to look at the label and say, all right, here's the name of the manufacturer, the food is being made by these people, and then there's a phone number on the label. So if you have a problem with the food or a question, you can actually call the company direct. And that's very important in my book. Um, so I think that uh, if they make a food, they need to stand behind it and you need to get a, a real person there. So right. I'd look okay. for that well, as well. I try well.
16: to leave out the corn and the wheat gluten and all that kind of crap out of it. So I didn't know
3: corn and wheat isn't bad
16: it's not
6: bad
3: it's not bad for the average pet yeah no it's not bad for the average pet but if your dogs and bean cocker spaniels if they have skin or allergy problems you know maybe they have a food allergy or sensitivity to food or certain proteins so that's possible that's possible your pets might not do well with a grain based diet but I hate to have the go across the airways that Doctor Debbie says that uh corn or oh, wheat is a bad thing because it's right. it's not yes, in general.
16: Yes, yes. Yes. Okay, well listen, thank you so much. And I did give the girls a flu shot and they've already had their booster.
3: They had their canine influenza shot. They did, yes, huh? Yes,
16: yes. Yes, we did. Well, very good. Yeah, it's really?
3: a it's a disease that's working its way across the country, and it's not too big in my area, but we are definitely keeping it on the radar. So, yeah, very good point. How
1: yeah, have you heard yeah, about I the canine like influenza shot? Me,
16: I can't believe he gave those dogs a flu shot. But yeah. whatever I can do to keep them from getting
3: sick. Can any you know? can you just get them at the any vet there, Doc? You know, out here in my area, not every vet carries it, but uh, a lot of vets are now, and especially it's in thirty different states, I believe. This uh, this virus. So, now, will um, this
1: protect against H one N one or just is this another dog virus?
3: It's dog a totally virus. separate virus. That's canine influenza. Yeah, so it doesn't cross protect okay. against uh, the pig flu.
1: <laughs> How important is it? Is it very important, or is it depending areas- on where you live?
3: It really depends on where you're at, what your pet's lifestyle is. If they spend a lot of time in group dog settings, going to the grooming bar, or boarding, going to dog parks, uh, dog shows, then it would be definitely a, a much more of a concern for those pets. Um, but yeah, it really depends somewhat on the region and how bad the disease is in your area. Oh, okay.
1: talk good. to your vet. Very good, Vicky. Thank you for calling. Um, By the way, I wanted to tell thank you, you that they're. So
16: much. I listen every Saturday morning. Oh, good.
1: Thank you. So do I. Thank you. I just Bye-bye. started. Thank
16: you, Dr. <laughs> I just
1: found out about it myself in fact when I just started listening uh, I wanted to mention that you can head on over to animalradio.com we have more information on picking a pet food over there ingredients you might want to look for uh, unbiased uh, there's no names mentioned Uh, well there there is names mentioned they Tell you all the names over there. But lets you pick the ingredients that you need. And then, of course, we encourage you to go to your vet if you're having a problem, like if, you, if you're losing hair, uh, your animal, I'm talking about. I mean, if you're losing hair. Uh, maybe <laughs> no hair club needs, for
3: men. No,
1: but <laughs> if there's a problem, if you're having an issue, obviously address it with your veterinarian. They can give you a suggestion of what food to pick.
13: Dogs or cats, horse or you. Are people too. when little curly a poodle mix was rescued by a pet adoption league in hackettstown new jersey his hair was so badly matted that one of his front paws had to be amputated because the tangles had stopped the blood from getting into it but curly got a fancy new leash on life when he was adopted by sharon and joe spitz who own a canine cafe a bakery that creates treats for dogs they said they had no intention of adopting another dog. They already have three, but when they saw a picture of Curly, it was love at first sight. Curly now spends his days working at the bakery, happily greeting the customers and their dogs while wearing fancy collars and outfits. He seems to love his new job and, of course, those doggy treats. I'm Brit Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio.
7: Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People's published 10 times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org.
6: Fido Friendly is the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. This December, you can log on to their website for a chance to win a fabulous prize for your canine companion. You can enter every day, December 1st through the 25th at FidoFriendly.com for the 25 days of Fido Friendly gift giving. Prizes include jewelry, clothing, food, books, and a grand prize from Bissell, the Pet Hair Eraser Vacuum. Pick up a copy of the December issue featuring Hillary Swank at your local bookstore. For contest rules, visit FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. 25 days of gift giving, just what Fido needs to oh. get an holiday spirit.
7: This is Animal Radio, baby.
1: This tasty portion of Animal Radio brought to you by Blue, makers of healthy and holistic natural food for dogs and cats. You love them like family, so feed them like family with Blue. We're actually using the Blue cat food now. Love that stuff. Good stuff. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five 405 8405 to talk to any one of the Dream Team. Bobby working on news and tweeting at the same time, twittering. What is she doing? I, you know the jargon? I can't yeah, keep I up with it know. anymore. She's face tubing or something.
2: Yeah, something like
1: that. Animal communicator, Joy Turner, bridging the gap. We're getting those phone calls lined up right now, as well as uh, Vinny Penn and Vlade. Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions. And that one? That one. Is it Fabby? Yes. Hi, Fab. Fab-, Fab- fa- like as in Fabi. Fabulous.
17: <laughs> Actually, Fabiola. Yeah, Fabi for short. Fabiola.
2: How pretty. Ooh, I love
5: it. How Very can we pretty. help you?
17: Yeah. Oh, well, hi. Well, I'm calling from Utah, and the reason I'm calling is um, I'm uh, blind, and I am going to be uh, uh, receiving a training with a guide dog, uh, a poodle, standard poodle guide dog, because I, I'm allergic to the other breeds um however I was getting ready to leave for training last week uh, to fly to California to start training with my dog my new dog and the guide dog school called me a day before to tell me that my dog had gotten bloat and, was, oh dear. and uh, yeah I was in the hospital and so I had to cancel my flight of course and postpone the training uh, at this point uh they pretty much kept me um, informed as far as how the dog was doing uh, they told me that uh, while the do- while the uh, dog was at the uh, vet's office that the doctor was trying to avoid doing surgery um, and uh, later I, I've been talking to people and uh, reading a little bit on the internet about bloat and what I found out and I kind of wanted to ask you doctor um, I found out that uh, if, if the dog has surgery, there is um, actually a chance that the dog might not have uh, the bloat again, another episode of bloat. Uh, right now, this dog has not had had surgery, uh, okay. it is right now recovering, and they asked me to wait a few more days to see how the dog does, and then they'll decide if he'll be able to train with me or not. But my concern okay. is, will, will I... I mean, is it smart for me to accept this dog, knowing that he had this condition, he had this episode once, and he might have it again? And okay. what are the, you know, so I, I'm not sure how to ask sure. you this, but does, does a dog that haven't had, if, if he hasn't had uh, the surgery, is there a, a bigger chance that he will have another episode of blood?
3: okay what's I have bloat qu- can you tell me what bloat I, I, is i knew hal was going to do that gosh he just
17: likes to jump in when he can
3: <laughs> but no it's a good question um bloat basically is a, is a common problem that can happen in, pref- in most commonly in large breed dogs and basically what happens is the stomach gets very big kind of gas filled and it can actually twist and it twists on its own axis so basically it traps the gas and the food mm. inside the stomach it can't go out either either which way. Now, that's, that's bloat. That's called what we call gastric torsion. So sometimes a pet's stomach can get big and bloated, but it doesn't necessarily flip and turn. When it flips and turn, that is a life-threatening emergency, and most of those pets need immediate surgery. The quicker, the better. What I'm not quite clear with your situation is it sounds like, yes, the stomach bloated, but, but Fabi, did they say if it twisted or not?
17: uh No, they didn't tell me um and I'm kind of uh right now I haven't been able to get in touch with the uh the trainer okay. himself who is taking care of the dog but uh when he called me uh, when this happened and the dog was at the vet's office, he didn't specify if it was a mild case or if the 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 stomach actually twisted completely and okay. i I think the fact that he said that the doctor was trying to avoid surgery. Um, later on as I learned a little more about it, told me that um, you know, made me believe that maybe it is kind of a mild case where it didn't turn completely, the stomach didn't turn completely, I'm thinking that.
3: Yeah. And there's a lot of things that could cause a stomach to bloat. A dog that eats really fast, that, you know, pants a lot and then drinks a whole bunch of water. There's a lot of things that'll cause that to happen. I would be, I share your concern in that you're, you're about to make a very serious commitment with this dog. And if, and and I think only that veterinarian can probably truly advise you as far as what the risks for this dog are. But if a dog has a tendency for their stomach to, to, to bloat up, I would prefer to have surgery, and more of a preventative gastropexy would be the way to go. So yeah, if you're reading about some of the prevention and the ways we can try to help this from not happening in the future, that is by far one of the things that we can do to to intervene and and hopefully prevent that from happening um so i would probably advocate that if this pet was truly having a, a bloat or a near bloat situation there um right. and then there's you know some things you can do in the in the home environment to help decrease bloating because once this happens and a dog gets bloat and that stomach twists it's basically a horrible shock like condition and pets will go downhill very quickly and yes. even those pets that have bloat that have surgery promptly they don't always make it so it is a very critical thing and 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 you have okay. a good right there to be concerned about this so um i would look into that um a bit more okay. as far as w- what their recommendation now if you if you do get the dog and everything is deemed okay um mm-hmm. i do recommend uh, making sure you're feeding frequent meals throughout the day um right. we actually ad- advocate giving canned food into the diet and they found that dogs that eat some degree of canned food have a lower rate of bloat so hmm. there's a oh, lot okay. of different factors that we look at and they used to say that raising the food up on like the elevated food platforms is helpful but now we know that actually can lead to bloat so oh,
5: okay. um,
1: does activity lead to it like running around the yard
3: you know what they used to say that it did if they ate or drank a lot and then ran around and were goofy and played a lot mm. but actually some of the um, the research where they've gone back and looked at cases they haven't been able to really prove that now I, I come from my grandmother's household where you know after you just after you ate you didn't go swimming so um, I think that's still a good sense um, uh, thing to advise but uh, it just isn't uh, all we need to do to help prevent this
2: now the surgery about- when they do the surgery that's sounds- actually they they attach the stomach to like the lining of the wall of the of the body or something so that it can never flip again
3: yeah and if a pet is actually is suffering from the bloat at that time and they need that emergency surgery basically they, we reposition the stomach into the normal place and we tack the stomach um, with uh, suturing techniques to the side of the body wall now a lot of dogs in these emergencies they also have problems where the parts of their stomach have to be removed or their spleen so it's a pretty critical thing if you're in that spot yeah. but for pets that we want to do more of the preventative uh, tacking or what they call the pexi that 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 can be done when a dog is spayed or neutered. Um, It can be done at any time, but that's an ideal time for uh, breeds that are at risk. What what are
1: those breeds?
3: I knew you were going to say that.
1: See, you're a psychic too.
3: (laughs) We would would say Weimaraners, Great Danes, and Saint Bernards are probably the biggest ones. But really, any large breed with a deep kind of that deep chest, they are definitely at risk for a bloat. Mm
17: Okay. Now what about the, the stress factor because uh this happened while the trainers were working with my with a dog uh mm-hmm. in the Los Angeles area. There was a lot of people they were in the subway, uh the dog just started uh acting strange and that's when they noticed something was wrong. And the fact that, you know, if I train with him there'll be a certain amount of stress and sort of responsible for guiding me. Um, does stress play any factors in, in this condition?
3: Yeah, definitely can. And, and we definitely know that dogs that are at greater risk for developing the bloat are those that are a little bit more. Hyper, they're more anxious, um, or even dogs that have an aggressive tendency. Any of those behavior characteristics, um, bloating is actually more prevalent than, say, a real passive, quiet, laid back kind of mellow dog. Um, so yeah, that can play a role. So um, you know, and I don't know if in his situation that was just an isolated uh, stressful situation or how he performs in other areas. But that's a right. very good question that I would have you ask them.
1: You have to trust okay. this animal with your life, pretty much. So yeah. Yes. So it's it's not only the training you're about to go into, and probably a little bit of money too, I imagine. Uh, right. But really, this animal is 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 responsible for your life. So, conservatively, if I was just to jump in, I'd say think twice about that. But obviously, you, you want to uh, find out what's going on. Exactly,
17: and especially in his, his specific case, uh, talk to the doctor that uh, saw him and uh, see what he. Uh, thinks it's the best thing to do, Yes. So, okay. okay, well, I really appreciate all the information Thank you. and um, I will uh, uh, eventually make a decision on whether to work with him or not, and I'm sure the school will help me on that.
1: Fabi, let us know how it works out. will you?
17: I sure will. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, doctor. You're welcome. Mm,
1: bye bye now mm, bye bye 1-866-405-8405 to talk to any one of on the dream team. I learned so much here.
7: Hey, it's Vinnie Penn, your party animal, coming at you on Animal Radio, and uh, glad to be here, hope you're glad to be listening. You know one saying that I've got to tell you, I, 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 it may be true, it may not be true, I always encourage the Animal Radio listeners to to shoot me an email at vinny at com. but even if this is true, which I would really find that hard to believe i'm i'm sick of hearing it and that's the saying hey dogs mouths are cleaner than humans my two beloved dogs you know i always gave them kisses kisses on the head playing with their ears and them i never really did i'm gonna come right out and say it you know the french kiss with my dog or the full-on their tongue lapping at my lips kiss uh, I never really did that. When I see people doing that, I'm always just, especially after you've just seen the dog in particular, spend a good 20 minutes giving himself, quite frankly, I'll just, I'll come right out and say it, a genital bath. And the person says, oh, come on, you know, the dog's mouths are cleaner than humans. I'm finding it hard to believe. Is there doggy scope? Has anybody, can I go to a pet's? I I haven't been in a while. Is there doggy scope? Is there doggy floss? I know my two dogs didn't get up in the morning and brush their teeth. Uh, So how is it possible that this dog who just ate, a lizard uh, lapped at his his own crotch region maybe even ate, you know ate his own feces or or licked another dog's butt his mouth is really cleaner than your own you're saying if that's the case then might i suggest you just have all of your teeth and your gums removed just stitch your mouth up because if your dog's mouth is cleaner than yours then yours should never be allowed to be open Again, urban myth, dog's mouth cleaner than a human's, gotta be. Vinnie Penn, Party Animal, on Animal Radio.
11: This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter made from whole kernel corn. I'm
8: Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention confirmed the case of H1N1 flu virus transferred from a human to a cat. The 13-year-old feline from Iowa came down with the flu symptoms after several people in the household had already been sick. The cat was treated two weeks ago at Iowa State University College of Veterinary Medicine in Ames, Iowa, and is doing well. The virus, however, was responsible for killing two pet ferrets. One in Nebraska and one in Oregon. That's according to the university. Health experts say that if you have the flu, it's real simple. Don't put your face up against your cats or your dogs to snuggle until your symptoms are gone. Wash your hands before touching them or their food. The Covenant Presbyterian Church in suburban Los Angeles is going to the dogs. Literally. The pastor who joined the congregation three years ago decided... It was time to jumpstart the community church by allowing dogs. Reverend Tom Eggevin presides over a half-hour service geared toward the four-legged worshipers. There are canine prayers, individual doggy beds, as well as an offering of dog treats. The canine's covenant service is new, but it's already being called a success, according to the L.A. Times story. And here's one your insurance company may not buy. An elephant dented my SUV. It happened to a couple in Oklahoma who were heading home from church on U.S. 81, that's north of Oklahoma City. Bill Carpenter said he swerved to avoid a female Asian elephant in the highway who had reportedly escaped from a nearby circus. The pachyderm was slightly injured by the encounter with the SUV. A veterinarian who examined her said the 29-year-old elephant suffered a leg wound and a broken tusk, but she's expected to be okay. Okay. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Get more breaking animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by World's Best Cat Litter. Here's a tip
11: for changing litter brands. Remember to transition gradually. Cats are creatures of habit, and switching abruptly to a new type of litter may result in litter box problems, like not using the new litter at all. Get more tips from Dr. McPete at www.worldsbestcatlitter.com slash radio. This is
7: Animal Radio, baby.
1: Thanksgiving Thursday. Haven't done my Thanksgiving shopping yet, but I'm so thankful this year. All the animals that have come into our lives, especially Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, who is a a phenomenal little creature. We never (laughs) expected this animal in our life to to make such a difference and to be so cognizant, so smart, to learn things so fast. How many times does it take her to learn something? once she's
2: a quicker picker-upper
1: we have a tendency to put our own feelings on our animals and for instance when she comes up to me and gives me a big slobbery kiss uh-huh i naturally think that she, she's, loves, you. she loves me she's, she's, she's showing affection. me affection right and well, that could she's be a
2: taste in your yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, well you know what's checking might be on to something there
1: bobby we we have a tendency to put these feelings anthropomorphize these feelings
8: oh that's a big word
1: it is I was just going to go with projecting.
8: Yeah.
1: (laughs) There's a great book out, and it's called Inside of a Dog. It just came out, and the author, Alexandria Horowitz, is joining us. And Alexandria understands we put these feelings on our animals, and she did a lot of research to find out what dogs are really thinking. Hi, Alexandria. How are you doing?
12: I'm well, thanks.
1: Tell us about your own dog.
12: My dog is sitting with me right now, Finnegan. He's a mixed breed. And uh, I'm not sure that he picks everything up in one go, but he's a very charming uh, lab pointer mix.
1: Do we more often than not put our own feelings in their heads?
12: Absolutely. Absolutely we do. And I do, too, as somebody who studies dogs from the scientific perspective. You know, with Finnegan, I still attribute all the emotions to him that um, I would attribute to any other member of my family. Only he never is confirming them verbally, you know. I just assume that he loves me, that he feels pride when he gets that really great big stick in his mouth, and, you know, he feels jealousy when I'm showing interest in another dog and so (laughs) forth.
1: You mean those aren't the feelings? That they they may be feeling?
12: Well, we don't know. When Ladybug
1: comes up to me and gives me that lick, is she showing me affection?
12: That lick is a great example because it feels like love. It feels like affection. Mm -hmm. But... Um, If we look at wolf behavior, so their ancestors, we see the exact same behavior, but it's explained a different way, which is that when a wolf returns to his pack, his family, essentially, after a successful hunt, all the other wolves mob him and start looking around his face, and it's a greeting, but it's also um, a request for him to regurgitate some of whatever he just killed, which he often does. So we can suggest that maybe your dog it's is an animal asking thing. Judy, it's okay. It's not going to happen at Thanksgiving dinner. Don't <laughs> okay. worry about it. Yeah. It's still a greeting, you know, but it's also a greeting with a little bit of request for your w- sandwich. What
1: other common things do we often mistake?
12: Well, I think that um, I did a research, a little research on the guilty look that we we assume they really understand. Yeah. when they've done something wrong, and f- and feel guilt. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's what? not obvious that they do, but they have that look where they slink away and they put their ears mm-hmm. back and their tails under their legs and so forth. So we did a little test where we sort of tricked owners into not knowing whether their dog had disobeyed a command or not. It was a command not to eat a, a very tasty bit of food while the owner was out of the room. And it turned out the dogs showed more of this guilty look when they were scolded by an owner who thought they'd done something wrong when they actually had done something wrong. So the look that we assume is guilt is probably just anticipation that somebody's going to scold me or... Or that I've done something like this in the past, and now what happens is what happened in the past, which is, you know, they talk sternly to me and say no and look cross. And it doesn't look obvious that they feel guilt. They might still feel guilt, but we haven't proven it yet. I think that's the case with all of these projections, to use Mm -hmm. your good word there, uh, that we make to animals. Just we haven't confirmed them or found them to be wrong. They all need to be tested.
2: Well, Bobby's going to like this question. How does my Uh dog really feel about that little ring coat? that I make her wear. Yes,
12: seriously. Probably not the relief that we feel when we put on a raincoat to go outside. A little bit more like oppression that maybe there's somebody bigger than them around. Again, if you look at wolf behavior, wolves press down on other wolves' backs To dominate them or to punish them, to scold Ah. them. So the feeling of the raincoat probably reproduces the feeling that somebody who's stronger or has more authority is pressing down on them. They don't experience that same relief.
8: That's not embarrassment that they're showing it, having been dressed like that and need to go out in public.
12: <laughs> embarrassment is a whole other issue, yeah. No, that <laughs> has not been tested. Well, now, the, the whole
1: pet product marketing industry relies on the fact that we project yes. these
7: feelings, Absolutely. right? Absolutely,
12: yeah. All, so all the products are kind of mirror products of, for dogs that we would have for humans. And uh, I'm sure that most of them are not actually necessary, but sure. they make us feel... Um, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> And If we're happy, actually the animal
1: might be happy. There might be some kind of symbiotic transfer. science
12: that shows that, that that you're right, actually, that you know, petting a dog um, or a cat reduces our stress levels, our cortisol levels. And actually, for most dogs and cats reduces their stress levels as well. So yeah, a happy owner is a happy dog. But a happy owner who spends uh, uh, $1,500 on a dog bed, maybe, could find happiness in another way. <laughs> well, you see,
1: I don't want I just don't want to believe that they don't feel these feelings, the unconditional love. Mm-hmm. i got to allow a certain bit of anthropomorphism in my life. Yeah, and I think it's very important. And that's
12: important. totally fine. And I, and I still do it with my own dog. You know, I'm sure he feels love. Um, but I'm also just interested in saying, well, how does he actually behave? And what mm-hmm. are the actual indications he's giving me about whether he loves me? or loves something or is bored or is unhappy, as opposed to my assuming that it's going to be just like it is for me. And, and I actually get a great amount of pleasure just watching it and trying to figure it out from his point of view.
1: Sure. I cracked open the book last night. It's called Inside of a Dog. Alexandra Horowitz is our guest. And you talk about the dogs being able to smell time.
12: Well, their olfaction is, as we all know, really quite good, much better than ours, and I would suggest that, in fact, they sort of see in smells, not in visual images as we do. And, of course, smell exists in time, so a strong smell indicates that it's somewhat new, a weak smell indicates that it's somewhat older. So essentially what dogs are smelling when they go out straight outside of your door and smell who's marked, you know, the lamppost nearby is not just who's been there, but how long ago they've been there. So they can sort of tell how far past that dog was. Or they might smell a little bit of something on the breeze up ahead. Sure.
1: They're their original CSI investigators. (laughs) They they, they really put all their research together.
12: Yeah, exactly right. I mean, and and where they're being used more and more um, in lineups, and of course, they've always been tracking dogs as they've been hunting dogs. They're quite good at it. We just need to tell them what to look for.
1: When I hop out during the day, I turn on the TV for the dog because I want him to feel uh, like there's someone there. And yes. I, I see that may be something I don't want to do.
12: Well, it certainly isn't the case that until recently, until we've gotten this digital TV, they were not seeing what we see when ah. they look at the television. And their, ah. their eyes operate actually at a faster speed than ours. Um, and the television was too slow. So they were seeing a flickering image. Not the image that we see, our eyes get tricked nah. into seeing a bunch of images played very quickly as motion. For them, it would have been like an old film that slows down in the projector. Um, but this new TV looks like it might be better for them because it doesn't operate in the same way, digital TV. It still doesn't smell good, though, and I think that would be the best... <laughs> television for them.
1: So I want to get this straight. What you're saying is the new TVs now, the digital TVs, yeah. the high-def TVs, that's right. our dogs most likely can actually see the picture as opposed to the old TVs that they really couldn't because it it looked like the horizontal hold was out, right. out of whack. Is that's that
12: what you're right. saying? Yeah, they can see these new ones. Oh, uh, that's cool. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. That's interesting.
1: Well, now it's time to really make programming for the dogs then, right?
12: And I think it has something to do with odor... Yeah, releasing an odor into odor- the environment, <laughs> which is maybe not where television thought it was going. Hey,
1: Samsung, there's your idea, right
12: from Alexandra
1: Horowitz right now. Inside of a dog, I have 10 copies to give away at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. 405 8405 If you don't get through, I encourage you to go pick this up. It's one of these... Uh one of these books, we get a lot here. It is one of these books that's yes. going to make our library shelves here. It's very informative. Page turn. Inside of a dog. It's on the Scrivener label. If your bookstore doesn't have it, it's likely that they've sold out. It is a bestseller. That must make you pretty happy, huh?
12: It's surprising, but I have a lot of great dog readers, I guess, out there, which is lovely.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today.
12: My pleasure. Thanks for having
1: me. Alexandra Horowitz joining us. Inside
0: of a Dog is the book. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Safeguard Canine Dewormer. Did you know that your dog could have intestinal worms, even if he's on a heartworm prevention program? For more complete protection, deworm your dog twice a year with Broad Spectrum Safeguard Canine Dewormer. To find out more, visit www.safeguardfordogs.com. Okay, time to check out that website I heard about, www.safeguardfordogs.com. There it is. Hi, I'm Dawn. The virtual host is a nice touch. It looks like these links and videos cover everything a dog owner might want to know about intestinal worm infections and how to prevent them. Hmm, here's a savings coupon for Safeguard K90 Wormers. And even an online reminder service. Better bookmark this one. www.safeguardfordogs.com
8: That's your dog telling you to visit JoyPetProducts.com.
1: Your dog doesn't want to be cold and wet this winter any more than you do. Visit JoyPetProducts.com where you'll find the original Goose Down filled doggy coat. Your dog will enjoy the lightweight warmth and comfort and you'll love the easy wear, easy care. When it's not as cold, pick up a perfect fit embroidered hoodie and designs to fit every dog's personality. All of our items are made in the USA and Canada to fit tiny toys to larger breeds. JoyPetProducts.com. Superior quality, great style, happy dogs.
7: Animal Radio is brought to you by Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio.
0: Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. on Animal Radio. Live Green is best for you, your family, and that includes your pets.
7: This is Animal Radio, baby.
1: Six six four oh five eight four oh five to talk to anyone of the animal radio family. Doctor Debbie answering your vet medical questions. Vladdy, the world famous Russian dog wizard with your dog behavior issues. Vinnie Penn bringing the funny animal communicator Joy Turner, Susan Sims, and Bobby working on news. What are you working on, girlfriend?
8: Oh, sorry, I was rocking out there for a second. Was, that's I'm sorry, that music just reminds me of the birdcage. Plus the disco lights kind of uh, helps. Oh, oh birdcage. my disco ball that's in, yeah, and I love Gene Hackman in the dress. But getting back to it, uh, we're actually going to take a look at how the doggy door is entering the 21st century. Right now,
1: Dr. Debbie's answering your vet medical questions. Vlady the world-famous Russian dog wizards here with uh, your dog behavior questions. Vinny will be bringing the funny in just a few minutes. Animal communicator Joy Turner. At your beck and call, I believe we have Anita. Is it Anita? Hi, Anita. Hi. How are you? Good, and you? Very good. Where are you today?
14: Uh, Actually, I'm calling from Nevada, but my home is in Missouri. Okay,
1: okay. Well, you're on with animal communicator Joy Turner.
10: Hi, Anita. Can you tell me who you'd like to talk to today?
14: Yes, my cat, Tigger. She's my baby girl. She's about four. And I just had a question on uh, how is she too, is she too lonely i travel so i'm gone for about 2 weeks i'm home for about 3 or 4 days and then back out again for 2 weeks the neighbor girl comes in and looks on you know checks on her about every other day and i didn't know i mean i just love her so much and i i want what's best for her and i'm i'm just wondering if she's too lonely or is she okay i mean she's all lovey-dovey and sitting with me and happy to see me and I don't know, is she okay for that length of time, or should
10: I maybe find somebody that can spend more time with her? She wants you to know that she does love you tremendously and doesn't especially want to go anywhere else, but she does spend an okay. awful lot of time by herself. Oh, yeah. She wants to know if can't have somebody else come live in the house so she could spend time with them, because she does... I wouldn't say the feeling I get from her is lonely, but it definitely is alone a lot. More than she'd really want to be. Okay. All right. She says rather than her move to another house, she would like you to get like a roommate, which is what we would call it.
14: Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be very difficult. But uh, I appreciate your uh, input. Um, I did have her front. I will never do it again, but I had her front uh, claws um, declawed. And is she mad at me about that? I mean, they still, I mean, she's four, but, I mean, is, I mean, she still climbs trees and everything. Is is she still in pain or anything? I know she walks kind of a little tender on them front
10: She said, well, she okay? you and everybody listening should understand, and you do understand this, that that's really a bad thing to do to a cat. Uh-huh. And she knows yeah. that you understand that now. She's not being mad at you or holding it against you because you did it because you will learn not to do it anymore. So she's happy to basically help you learn that. She said, but her feet, right. she thinks her feet will always be some more tender than the back ones.
14: That's what I thought. Okay.
10: All righty. Well, I sure appreciate your input. Thanks for taking my call. She says she needs to interrupt before you leave here. She wants to be sure you're not going to give her to anybody else. Okay. All right, I will not. Okay, she goes, okay, in that case, then you can hang up.
14: <laughs>
10: All right. Thanks,
1: Thanks Joy. Thanks, everybody. you 1-866-405-8405 Bye. to talk to one of the Dream Team right now.
0: Hi, this is Bob Barker on Animal Radio, reminding you to help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered.
1: It's Animal Radio, 1-866-405-8405. Head on over to the website to check out the stories about uh, this this story that we've been talking about all morning. The man that stuck his ferret down a pants. Actually, not his ferret. Someone else's ferret down his pants. What was
5: he thinking?
1: The audio to that and all of that's at the Animal Radio website at animalradio.com. You can also email us from there. We got two kind of interesting emails. It's... Uh I don't think we're democratic, left-wing, I don't know. tree-hugging we'll kind of have people. we keep but
2: ourselves in check on that.
1: Apparently, we've been accused of that in a couple of emails, and uh, I want to assure you that we're not. I mean, look at Vlade. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Vlade, Vlade is uh, outrageously outspoken, so nobody can put the uh, condom on my microphone, that's for sure. No, we should, though. <laughs> Just uh,
2: just for fun. Just just for so, okay, I'd, I'd like to see what that looks like. Actually, how you
4: doing, Wade? Hey, I'm doing just well. Thank you so much. I'm today is in a good spirit and a good mood, and uh, you know it's a very sunny weather in California. I'm enjoying the weather. My doggy Mika is next to me. She's a good girl, Mika, right? And Mika knows that Vladi is the best dog trainer, right, Mika? Right. She said, "Right." Uh, she yeah, I guess. If, just bark.
2: if you were back in Michigan, you'd be in snow right yeah. now.
1: We're thankful that you're here. We're all together now to answer listeners' questions. Doctor Debbie uh, answering your vet medical questions. Vlade, the world famous Russian dog wizard, with your dog questions. Vinnie Penn bringing the funny animal communicator, Joy Turner. It takes a village to create this show and celebrate our connection with our pets. And this Thursday, Thanksgiving, and we're very thankful to have our pets. We want to know from you we've neglected this line all day so greg how are you doing
0: i'm doing fine how are we doing
1: good how can we help you today
0: okay i have a uh, what i believe is a boxer mix he's a little over a year
12: and he's quite happy uh, quite hyper and everything which is fine because he gets his walk yeah. so usually he comes down mm-hmm.
1: but the problem that i'm having with him is he is jumping on people when they come in the door a buddy of mine when he comes in he only does it to him but he dribbles
7: when he gets here, drools like dribble? he gets really excited. Dribble. He dribbles dribble. like he urinates a little bit. Oh, he gets really excited. Piddles, and he Piddles, Okay,
4: the boxes do hell. I mean, not everyone has a cats like you do and a uh-huh. uh, uh, ladybug People have sometimes serious dogs, and boxes do the things like that. Go wait, ahead. Wait, 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 <laughs> <you> saying, wait. <laughs> buddy, don't pay attention to the hell. He always, you know, what you told in the very beginning. And I already, I kind of like for this microphone, from this line, I kind of sent it and sniff. It's like you, you are uh, have a no nonsense type of personality. You are a great guy, and I would be more than happy to help you. But you gotta listen to me. Uh, you started from the wrong foot. You said, I, I know he's hyper, I'm okay with that, but I don't want this. So what you basically, okay, Greg, you, what you agree with is uh, compromising is or affecting behavior which you don't agree with, which you don't like in your boxer. Now, let's be very honest. As we all know, boxers do the things like that. Uh, I guess what we're going to do with you right now To learn how to address I'm I'm calling it in my practice crazy neighbor exercise. It's the same thing. We all we all know what the crazy neighbors do. Every time when they see the person with with the cute puppy or with the dog, what they say. Can I, can, I, can I beat your dog? And after the dog jumps on all of them, and after they keep complaining why the dog jumps on me, it's like giving to alcoholic $10 for boost in the morning. And after keep complaining why he's puking on your table during the day. <laughs> <laughs> you have liked my analogy. I see that. If I were your trainer, and you can do yourself, it's very easy. You got to put on your dog collar and leash in the beginning. Uh, I would also I would always use the the only one colour the pinch colour by company Herm Springer. That is the pinch colour made from solid steel, not from the wire, and has a quick release, Herm Springer, the, making the best equipment in the world. You are going to put this color on your dog. you like it or hate it, you hear it. Don't put all that stupid harnesses and retractable leashes, it's just it just it just makes situation go nuts. The first thing what I do when I come to the, my client's home, I put the, gar, put, put the harnesses and the retractable leashes in the garbage can. This is the first thing. I tell them. Put it in the garbage can, people. Don't even ask why. Don't even get me started on that. Okay. So you got to put this pinch collar on. You have to put the, I would put leather leash attached to the pinch collar. And I have to make sure you have a good slack. And I want to do this exercise not in your home, Greg. I want to do it outside. Are you with me so far? Yes. Please stay with me. So I want to do it outside. you got to call to your buddy, some of your friends, and you would like to, on the low-destruction environment, to meet the people. Maybe they casually, the dog, of course, the dog knows them, uh, preferably. Uh, people casually pass you by. Your dog just... <laughs> Make sure you always have a slack in your leash. If you don't have a slack, you will pull. If you will pull, you will never snap. If you will never snap, you will never mimic the mummy doggy bite. There is no slack, there will be no bite. There is no bite, there is no imitation to the nature. Hmm. I like how I said. Sometimes I say smart things. I really got so, you there. You, you, you enjoyed that, didn't you? I do. I do. I I'll, do. I especially enjoy tape when, later you, and we can yeah, when you. When you listen, it. make sure to snap that leash uh, as you make the sound. Ah! Don't use your no, please. Your dog already knows the thing. The word no is his nickname because you use so many times with enough consequences. Ah! As you snap the leash, mom tell us the doggy mama does after she snaps. What she does? She licks. So once the dog backs up, you say, good boy that's I love you baby you don't have to and lick when, her though. you don't want to lick you don't want to lick the dog uh, but you can just uh, I speak in a lagoric language okay. uh, Greg is an intelligent person he understands what I'm talking about contrast contrast is the key snap lick that's the doggy mama language so from that time you don't just look at you and say oh I didn't know even I'm not supposed to jump on anyone and after I have to ask the person make more distractions and approach and hey something like that and you re- you you all the time correct. If you do it right, Greg, it takes three, four times. Now, if the dog doesn't jump, doesn't react, you give him treats.
1: That's all we have time for today. Remember, you can get in touch with any one of us at the AnimalRadio.com website, and the phones are active all week long at one eight six six we will see you next week for more Animal Radio.
5: Bye. Bye. Bye.